Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 1230 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. So should I open the question mark box? It looks like we already have a question. Oh yeah, let's do it. Bam. Okay. Hopefully uh, we have an answer. <laughs> it's still doing this thing where it doesn't show me the questions. So it's like Russian roulette with questions. I don't even I know. like it. It keeps yeah. us on our toes. It does. I heard there's OCD related to wanting to hurt others. Is that true? First of all, thanks for phrasing the question in a way that, you know, we didn't have to give direct advice. That's yes. exactly the kind of question that we need, guys. So thank you. Um, yes, you heard correctly. There mm-hmm. is a type of OCD related to wanting to hurt others. Actually, there's probably many I, subtypes. I was going to say, I think there's a lot of them. Yeah. Just depends on how you want to hurt them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I like the psychological harm. I used to like the physical. Yeah. Head pop. Harm, <laughs> the old head harm. pop. The old head pop. Yeah. Uh, moral. Yeah. Moral. Um yeah, there's all sorts of ways that currently that you can harm another human being and, and all sorts of ways that you can worry about harming another human being. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hopefully we so, answered that. And for whatever it's worth, I think it's uh, important to tell folks how that's treated. Yeah. Right? So if you happen to be here, the treatment for any type of OCD for one million points, Kelly Frankie, I call on As you. I'm, I'm readjusting my hips hurts. Oh, I hate that. The, you're like the the treatment for OCD. I'm like, Ugh. you're like, oh, my hips. I okay. like it though. I like it. Okay. Um, is exposure and response prevention, which is True. CBT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a type it's of the, cognitive behavioral therapy. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's the B in the CBT. Correct. Um, so we just find what triggers you and go towards it. And instead of doing compulsions to remove what you think would be what we would call safety behaviors, but what you believe is preventing that bad thing from happening, we would remove those. Yeah. And learn to tolerate the scary that comes with that. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. You nailed that. You're Did I? Boss. Yep. Even, even with all of your, your hip situation over there, which sorry about it. Uh, no, okay. okay. I'm going to pick another question. Been using medicine for half a year, but everything is the same. Mm. Well, we go ahead. No, I, I think you're going to say what I'm going to say. Probably same brain. Uh, we can't give medical advice on this platform, nor direct advice, like we were saying. Um, 
However, that said, go for it. Well, no, sorry. I was just going to, I was hoping you'd say however with me. Okay, wait, one, two, three. However. however. <laughs> We're such nerds. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, everyone. Okay. I love it. We need to get out more. Okay. We do. However, however. Res- research shows, this is not therapy, remember, this is education. Yeah. That medication and um, CBT together is really the most beneficial. That's true. I do want to add in terms of clinical experience, though, medicine does not work for everybody. Medications are not effective for everybody. Um, They can sometimes support accepting uncertainty and dropping compulsive behaviors. Mm -hmm. But you also don't need them necessarily, right? Like, obviously, they're extremely helpful to a lot of people, but you can get better without them, too. So for whatever it's worth. One can. I don't mean this person, but just generally. Right. A person can. Yeah. And some people can't. But I have i don't think I've ever met somebody that just medication alone was, yeah. you know, there's no silver bullet. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. There is not. Thanks for your question. And by the way, if you all have any other questions, thanks for dropping some in the question mark box because that's where we're going to check them out. And if you have some, add them there. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Mm. I, I, it's not uncommon. For, no, it certainly I, isn't. And, you know, we joke a lot on here because that's who we are. And I think it's important to bring a sense of levity to what can be a really difficult topic. But you know, I, I'm sorry that you're going through that. It is tough. It is tough. And believe me, when we both can agree that <clears throat> we've been there. Yes. In crying have. states for yeah. uh, <laughs> days. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. weeks. Sometimes weeks. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, long periods. And and it's it is something that passes ultimately. But right. that, it doesn't mean it's going to work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to stay that way No, because I think anxiety and depression, right. It's just a cognitive uh, distortion are both convincing you. This is how it's always going to be. Yeah. This is how it will, it'll, or it'll get worse. It's like, yeah. well, that may or may not be true. Well, like what we know is that if you do the work and you keep moving forward, despite the pain, you can get better. Yeah. And you can live a very, very full life. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's see. Okay. OCD intrusive thoughts occur in dreams. Why does it happen? They're very graphic, detailed, and real. Hmm. I mean, I think I had some last night. (laughs) (laughs) Just last night you had some. Um, I yeah. Know, is it your hip? No, I just hit my ankle bone. It's fine. Oh, no good. Um, yeah, I think, why does it happen? I mean, there's, there's really no clear cut answer to that. We've got this weird chemical soup that happens up here and all sorts of things happen because of it. And I mean, you don't know why I have weird dreams. 
Well, I do know why you have weird dreams because you're weird. <laughs> I almost forgot. Thank you you're welcome. for that. Um, but no, I, I think the reality is everybody has weird dreams that anyone who dreams has weird dreams because dreams are like inherently nonsensical and not linear. And, and oftentimes they're reflections of the things that we were thinking about during the day. So I know that that's certainly the case for me. This is totally anecdotal, but right. Like I'll, I'll be, I'll have a thought of something during the day and it'll just sort of pop in about, you know, like into the dream somehow, like I'll see a person who crossed my mind or whatever. So I don't know. The reality is things don't mean one thing. We don't, you know, they, they can be sort of indicative in some ways of things that are going on in your life, like thoughts that pop up throughout the day. Or if you have an anxious dream, it wouldn't be totally surprising if you were feeling anxious in your life. But yeah. I, I can't read the second part of the question, but I know that definitely I've had clients where they're like, oh, this dream is proof. Mm that this is going to happen, right? So just pointing it out there. But it says they are very, what? They are very graphic, detailed, and real. Mm -hmm. And they are. That's the thing. Freaking OCD, man. They're, they, and they are, they're real to the extent that they're real experiences that are happening in your mind. Like the, the images that are popping in, like they're, but they're not real in the sense of tangible outside of the context of your mind. Right. Um, And you're remembering them likely because what we know about REM and the sleep cycles is that they're probably waking you up Mm. because you're having thousands of dreams or hundreds of dreams. I don't know how many, but it's a lot that you don't remember. And that's because you're in a very deep sleep. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. You just don't recall them. That's all. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Brains, man, they're the weirdest. Mm -hmm. All right. Somebody asked, I think, what today's episode is, and it's just kind of a QA. and a So that's, Mm -hmm. am I here? That's such an existential question. Did you, am I, do you hear me? I hear you. Oh, good. Okay. I thought I lost you for a second. Um, so just a reminder, if you have questions, drop them in the old question mark box. We Are you love. on a, your laptop? No. Oh, what is that? Never mind. Wait, what is the what? I heard like a sound like you're clicking on the laptop, but maybe it's your hand hitting. It doesn't it matter. I think it's my hand. This could have been asked after the life. I, I think... You know, it, it's the, hopefully people appreciate our crazy personalities. Yeah, we're just um, all over. Okay. So I literally got diagnosed with OCD today and found out that there are 38 subtypes. Is there any way to define which type I am? Wow. I didn't know there were 38. I I, I actually, I think that there are probably more than 38, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> I was going to say it's infinite, right? Yeah. It's only as creative as the, the mind that it, it comes from. And there are how many? Seven billion? Are we at eight billion as a world population yet? Did we cut down a little? or I don't know. I don't know. But one way or another, there's a lot of different ways that OCD can show up. And it's interesting that we 
that we talk about on the, the show that we do, purely OCD, um, all the different subtypes that are more common. So if you want to go to either of our Instagram TVs or the Purely OCD YouTube page, you can check out our past episodes where we talk about specifics. But, um, However, I would like to interject. Uh, yes, please interject. That um, regardless of the, the subtype, right? Correct. And the, if you yeah. just were diagnosed today, then my guess is you're just learning about OCD is that it wants certainty and the reality is, is the treatment approach is, you know, the same. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't change based on the topic. In fact, the topic in many ways is irrelevant. So you don't actually, or I'm not trying to give you direct advice, but a person doesn't need to, we talk about this all the time, right? That we don't need to fit in a box in order to get better. The only reason that the subtypes exist is to help normalize for people that yep. you're not alone. That's right. That's the ticket. I, for one, fit into several. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, and there's some that don't, you know, that kind of yeah. are on the fringe and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you got diagnosed though. That's good. That's a good starting. It sure place. is. Okay. Wife passed recently. I'm so sorry. Um, OCD flared severely first time in 10 years. Is that common? Yes, absolutely. OCD preys on any life change or life event or, or huge stressor. Stress, yeah. And um, there's no doubt that a flare yeah. can happen around a huge stressor like that. It's so true. And I do want to point out for anyone else who's listening, who's curious, obviously the loss of your wife, I imagine was deeply painful, but I don't think that life transitions that are like, they don't have to be painful in order to be stressful and in order to potentially uh, aggravate a person's OCD. Meaning like if you go to college, it's not necessarily painful. Right. It's like, it could be an exciting transition. A lot of like, you know, we see it a lot in new mothers. So, and obviously that's a mixed bag because there's good and bad with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, with ROCD and, and changes in relationship status, it may be a positive thing, but it, or perceived as positive, but. Or a new job. Or a new job. It just really anything. <laughs> you sneeze, there's OCD, you know. <laughs> right. You go get a drink of water, there's OCD. Yeah. Um, but no, for sure. No, but does. for sure that's definitely it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And we're sorry as well. Yeah. So I'm so sorry for your loss. That's awful. Um, and I think that if you use the tools that, that you've learned in the, historically um, or that exist in, in the realm of of OCD and getting treatment and all of that, that just because something big happened to jettison the process doesn't mean that it's not going to respond to treatment in the very same way that it would otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Can you talk about accommodations at work from a therapist's perspective? Oh, 
you guys are asking some really awesome questions. Mm -hmm. We should do random Q and A's more often. This is great. So accommodations at work, meaning like what is appropriate for a person who has OCD? I think that's what this person is speaking to. Do you have thoughts? I think that you should take this one. Okay. I have thoughts. I do. Um, I think that generally speaking, actually, I was just, I think we were talking about this recently, the idea of accommodations in the context of school and yep. the context of work and in the context of life in general is that I think that any accommodations in the course of treatment should be time limited. And this is I'm not speaking to anyone here necessarily, but I'm, I'm saying like, if I'm working with somebody that my goal is to support them in not using accommodations, we do not want OCD to get to dictate any part of your life ultimately. Right. So I think what Lauren's saying is that it's like by time limited, she means an accommodation request would be, you know, if you get stuck you know, rechecking and rechecking a certain email or something. I don't know. What's a good example? Because I don't do it in the workplace. I've done it in schools. So I'm talking about time limited in a different context, I think. I think what I'm saying... Oh, go ahead. No, I think I know what you're saying. I'm just giving an example of then saying the time limited is saying, give extra time for this specific task. So I've never done it in a work setting. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah. in in school, it's been like social anxiety stuff. So it's like, yeah. okay, allow um, five or 10 minutes extra for this person to come up and ask you after class, right? But the goal is that we're working towards in three months or so to slowly wean that off. I think that's what you meant by time limited. For sure. I think that the idea, and I think that the person needs to be an active treatment. Absolutely. I don't think that the idea of and uh, you know giving accommodations when somebody's not actively working toward getting better actually is likely to make them worse. Oh no, I can't hear you. I yeah, that's you. because I didn't put my phone on. Oh, silent. Hold on. Oh, okay. Good. Go ahead. Um, I was just saying that if somebody's not working toward recovery in some way, and then they start to get accommodations, it starts to make things worse, right? So we don't want to just willy nilly hand out accommodations because it actually gives, we don't want to give people the wrong impression, which that you're somehow incapable of doing these things that are challenging as a result of OCD. Um, So yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I meant that over time that, if you're actively working on treatment, we might temporarily ask for some accommodations, but that long-term we're looking to help you to work through as an ERP to get, get freedom from those. Yeah. All right. I tend to hold on to things for fear of what, if I need it at work, I hoard emails. Oh, yes. So that's not, there's not actually a question there, but do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, is the answer to it. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, I don't, I don't know what's behind that, obviously, but at first glance of looking at it, I mean, there's nothing that would indicate anything other than like, this is just certainty and wanting yeah. to have, you know, certain that what if in one day I need to refer back to this yada, yada email. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is intent too. I just, cause I just want to throw it out there. I know for me, I, I actually do keep all of my emails. I don't, I file them away. Um, but I'm just, so I'm sharing for other people, not, not for somebody who's hoarding compulsively, but right. that not all sort of saving is necessarily compulsive. It's with the intent, what the intent is of like, Oh my gosh, I might need to, refer to this some other time. So I better make sure that I have it and that I know exactly where it is or that kind of a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I do think um, that's probably true for all compulsive yes. behavior and uh, hoarding is in the OCD spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's a very common distorted thinking pattern that we see, which is I have to hold on to it in the event that I need it in the future. Totally. You know, like, what if I need this one piece of Tupperware when I find the other lid to it? Right. 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 And also happens with memories, too. Right. right. In the context of OCD. Like, I need to remember this thing perfectly so that I can reference it later or so that when my anxiety comes up, I can reassure myself. So, yeah, yep. it does come up a lot. Okay. Um, I think that everything will be over unless I be successful. So that's, I don't know. That's not really a question either. I'm, I'm, I can't speak. Super sorry. I'm sorry that you're struggling um, and that, that you're worried. I think it's, it's tough. It is tough. tough, but I wish I had more to say on that. Yeah. And remember, this is uh, education purposes only. Yeah. We're not doing therapy. And um, I would reach out to your therapist or, you know, somebody who treats OCD. Yeah. um, Or people on this community, in the OCD community online. There's a lot of support here. Totally. Um, Yeah. Good call on that one, friend. Mm -hmm. All right. What time are we at? Yeah, so we probably have like, we can probably take one or two. Okay. Let's see. Have OCD with center at sex intrusive thoughts, compulsions, and it is hypersexuality. Is it common? Uh, Hypersexuality. I think I'd have to know more. I guess overly excited. Yeah, and again, this is, it's tough because you're asking about your experience specifically. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that one. I will say generally that, yeah, sexual obsessions do come up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sexual obsession, obsessions definitely come up. It's one of the commoner, commoner. I like that. Commoner, Mm -hmm. more common. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a commoner. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I cannot speak today. I can't either. Um, I can't get my shit together in general today. Life. Today, I can't do whatever. So you're, you're 
uh, one up on me. Anyway, so I was going to say that sometimes I think we hear the word compulsive and we think OCD. So for example, eating compulsively, people think, oh, well, that must be a form of OCD or compulsive gambling. But those things are very different actually from OCD um, and they're treated differently. So uh, I'm, I'm not saying for this person, but I, I think people can be compulsive around sex and not have OCD. Right. For whatever it's worth. But I also, we have no idea well, what no. hypersexuality is really. That's it could just thing. be groinal responses. Right? right. Well, that's the thing. So I don't, right. yeah. Um, all right. Last question. Last Would a therapist ever recommend a naturopathic remedy like herbs to help with anxiety? I've seen some promote CBD oil and then it trails off. I can't see the rest of it. Um, oh, I see it. I've seen some promote CBD oil. I've heard about St. John's wort or passion flower thoughts. You need to consult with a doctor yeah. about that. We are not doctors. Nope. Um, we are not allowed to give out any medical advice and anything that's related to herbs uh, or anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Vitamins. Right. That's out of our scope. For sure. Yeah. Do we want to take another one or are we good? If there's one more, we'll do. Okay. Let's see. Question box. Should we find someone who has specialty on OCD to treat it, also psychologist or psychiatrist? If you have OCD, <laughs> <laughs> if a person has OCD, it's really important to get treatment from somebody who uses evidence-based protocols. So protocols that have been researched and that are peer-reviewed to get help. And I, I can't tell you, I am very passionate about this because I personally didn't get the correct treatment for many, many years because I was never properly diagnosed and because I was in talk therapy. And not that there's anything inherently wrong with talk therapy, but talk therapy for OCD is a problem, especially if you do a lot of reassurance seeking, because what happens is then therapy becomes a compulsion. So uh, my... I would certainly recommend finding somebody who specializes if you can. And if you are working with somebody and you can't afford to see somebody that at least having somebody get a book on OCD book, yeah. right? like, or work through a treatment manual together so that it is informed by what we know, because the research is pretty clear on what's effective for OCD and what's not. Sorry, right. I, got, I went like right on that one. No, I just typed it in very get strongly. I was very aggressive about that, and I'm I not like going to apologize for it either. No, it is very important. Um, usually, by the time our clients come to us, they've already gone through this process. So, one, yeah. they've wasted a ton of money. Two, yeah. they've wasted a ton of time. And three, their OCD has gotten worse. So, right. just a little kernel of advice yes but like lauren said it's not always possible not only um geographically but fiscally so again self-help books um 
are really great resources. You can bring that into session, right? Um, or have your therapist consult with an OCD specialist. Psychiatrists or psychologists, some people think of those as a synonym, but they are not. Um, right. A psychiatrist is the person who's actually an MD, and they can prescribe you medications. So psychotropic, psychotropic medications, I can't talk either. A psychologist is a, just like a marriage and family therapist, but they're just high grade. So yeah. <laughs> they went to school a couple more years. They did a little more research-based yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. They are doctors, but they're they're not um, MDs. Yeah. They're CIDs. Yeah. Or it's a little PhDs in psychology. Yeah. Those are both. But I think then there's this other class of people who are psychotherapists that don't, there are not psychologists who like us who have our licensed marriage and family therapists, licensed professional clinical counselors and social work, social workers. Yeah. Uh, licensed clinical social workers. So there are a lot of, of people who can treat people and they're not all under that realm of psychologist either. And frankly, uh, although of course people who are in their doctorate, uh, like hats off and and it is more schooling, but I don't necessarily think that that always equates to better treatment because oftentimes people who go to a doctoral level program are particularly interested in research. Yeah. And I know personally, that's why I didn't end up going into a PsyD uh, or, or a PhD program because I didn't, I didn't want to spend the extra time doing research I wanted to start seeing clients so it's just no matter what it's just more important that they're specialized in OCD yes I think a psychiatrist in my opinion which I guess we can't I can't go into my opinion but they're harder to find okay that are specialized yeah Yeah, like that's what they do you know um but I think generally psychiatrists are well-versed, they can consult with your therapist, who's very important as well. Um, and then lastly, and then we should probably wrap up, Yeah, is they ask for book recommendations. I actually like um, the Hyman book. What's it called? Oh, is that Bruce? Bruce Hyman. Hold on. Let me go is grab it. The, is that, hold on. I can look it up. Yeah. Oh, go, go, okay. No, 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 no. Go. I have my little handy-dandy Google here. It is Bruce, right? Bruce mm-hmm. Is it? And it's OCD work workbook, I want to say. The OCD workbook. Mm-hmm. The OCD Your workbook. Guide to Breaking Free from Obsessive Compulsive Disorder by Bruce Hyman. Yes, and I also like um, Freedom from Obsessive Compulsive Disorder by, by Jonathan Grayson. The one and only. The one and only, uh, and I, I really like John Hirschfield's. Well, oh. John Hirschfield and Tom Corboy's book, the Mindfulness Workbook for OCD. It's probably the the closest thing to the kind of treatment that I do. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, I think that those are some really solid recommends. 
I also, I'm just going to throw in a, a different recommend because I always like to plug mindfulness, but uh, not necessarily for a therapist who doesn't know what, about OCD, but if you're looking for a good mindfulness read that's supportive of OCD, do you have it nearby? I know you were just reading oh. some of it recently because you sent it to me. Oh, you mean this one? Oh, I do mean that one. That's okay, because I have book. like three others sitting here, but <laughs> this is the one that's actually, I'm in it, so. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, it's real. Living beautifully with uncertainty and change. A book that sounds like it was written specifically for people with OCD and anxiety, <laughs> but wasn't. But Pema Chodron is amazing. So, yes, certainly. And also groups, OCD groups. Oh yeah, they have also a good form. Yeah, and they have peer support groups too. Mm-hmm. Um, OCD peers, I think dot com. Yep, OCD peers dot com. I and. Um, the OCD center where we work actually provides online groups, but we can only work in specific locales. So it's not yeah. for everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, well, well, as always, it was fantastic talking about OCD stuff and thanks for listening and for joining. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely saw a lot of requests for more Q and A's. So maybe, maybe yeah. we, uh, yeah, we do that. Yeah. Maybe we just do that. Yes. All right. Okay. Adios. Adios. See you on the flip. See you on the flip. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. OCD.